Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. All right, Mackie and Judd, back at full strength here, gentlemen. And I don't know, there's probably people getting in their cars. Leaving, leaving work and maybe haven't caught completely up on the Everson Griffin story that has a lot more details have come out. Should we just go back over some of this? I've got a police report in front of me. Yeah, yeah. I did exactly that, that at three because there's no there's no good way because there's so many new details that have come out since the story last night about Hotel Ivy. Yeah, I mean, this is so this is from KSTP.com and uh, yeah, they just they just posted the entire police report. And to some, I'm going to start reading some of this. And if you have other things you want to China, you have sure. a highlighted story. So um, it's it's scary in that he clearly needs professional help. Um, it's you feel bad for him, you feel bad for his family. It's just a circumstance where it's hard to put blame in one place or another. It's also an illustration of how football is very tunnel vision, and there's not a whole lot of time for oh, let's pause all these football things to help someone who's going through some mental issues. Right? It's really yeah. The football culture is to bury some of this stuff. Uh, the article says after after making contact with, uh, actually, let me back up here. Uh, the report states that the team kicked Everson Griffin out of practice on Saturday, which led to the threats and reported bizarre behavior at Hotel Ivy, where he threatened to shoot somebody. Following that incident, team officials contacted police in Minnetrista, where Everson Griffin resides to check on his wife and kids and notify officers of what took place at Hotel Ivy involving Griffin. After making contact with the wife, the team learned Everson Griffin was not acting normal, hadn't slept for days, and had expressed thoughts of harming himself, according to the police report. Mm. I mean, that right there is scary. Yeah, and they did so, so, but... What's interesting about this is, and we found out today, is it sounds like the team essentially banned him from practice starting on Thursday. Yeah, well, here, let me let me keep going here. So the report states Vikings player development director Leslie Pico, Les Pico, yep. uh, said Everson has, quote, has been really struggling for the past few weeks. He told police during practice this last week, this is a direct quote from the player development director, during practice this past week, Everson has been explosive, screaming and yelling in the workplace. Pico also told police Vikings management had sent a letter to Everson. Now, this is being disputed. Uh, a letter to Everson and his agent on Thursday stating he would not be allowed back without a mental health evaluation. Griffin was taken to the hospital per his request, the report states. 
And as far as we know, he remains in the hospital. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And and the police report came, it looks like, exclusively from Pico, Vikings officials, and Griffin's wife. So there might be some discrepancies here. There might be some things wrong. But the essence of the play-by-play is still, A, frightening. Yeah. And B, it's not it's not as if somebody purposely got things wrong. So we are looking at a rough, a rough timeline and estimation of how this happened. And I do go back to, to the fact that if he was kicked out of practice on Thursday, he wouldn't have been seen on Friday, but he was hurt. So there so the press that went to cover that practice wouldn't have flagged that. Yeah. And and then I think the first time that you realized something might be truly wrong was on Sunday. The fact that he wasn't that there. he was not he there on the sideline. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But but I did say this, Phil. This is exactly why, especially for fans, us too though, when things start to fly on Twitter, you gotta back back up and slow down. Like if it's Griffin being traded, okay, that's great. Let let's let's speculate, right? Yeah. But this is this is a classic example, and I applaud I applaud the coverage of this because I think it's been it's been people have known quite a bit for a few days, but gotten their facts right. This is a, this is a classic situation where this is why you don't rush to try and report something. You wait for the facts to come out. Uh, I, this, I I keep thinking about football's dark underbelly, and the, and I don't I don't mean to say that. It would be jumping to conclusions to say that football has led to mental issues for Everson Griffin. I think the easy line to draw is well, either brain damage or something related to football. I'm not, I'm not drawing that line, but but in terms of correlation, it just feels like the last five or ten years we have seen more of football's dark underbelly than we've ever seen before with mental health issues or domestic violence. Uh, even even some of the the racial tension that was all just sort of ignored for a long ignored, time, right. and, it's out and there but now. now all of this, and some of it's just the way that we communicate. When, when stories come up, it's just they spread because of social media. But this just, I I just been thinking all day about football, 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 and no oh, guy has a mental problem. Well, on to the next football, football. Right? It's mm-hmm. like we don't. It's it's just collateral damage. Everson Griffin, go deal with it. Go figure it out. Check yourself into I was a mental say, hospital. If, right? If the if the instant report is to be believed, and the Vikings really told him go get help, th- that's what I I'm very curious to see when, when people start to dig on that side of this story what the truth is. And like to what degree did they? Well, right, because this is a billion. This is a billion dollar franchise now. That's paying this guy millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe that common sense would say, we think he's cracking up. Go get help. Yeah, it's also like whether the Vikings, I don't know, it's hard to say. Well, the Vikings should have done more, or they didn't, and we'll find out in the future. But football culture in general, especially in the NFL, as you just get further away from people that can help you. Like if you if you suffer some sort of mental breakdown in high school, well, you live with your parents and they can help you. But the further away you get from some sort of support system that can help you with these things. And ideally you'd have a wife and you'd have a family and kids and whatnot, but, and, and Everson has those things, but it's, it's such a difficult environment. I would think to go through certain things like mental health issues, right? If, or in the case the fact that we've never seen an openly gay NFL player, I mean, there's certain things that the NFL culture and the locker room culture just doesn't allow you to deal with. 
Yeah. And and mental health issues would be very high on that list. Yeah, and and I can speak as someone whose stepfather is a former player in the National Football League that it is um when you have these sort of conversations even at home it it can be very difficult because you see what the aftermath of playing football what it can do to a lot of these guys and you can see what it does to their teammates and it's 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 very tough and and I think and I just go back to and Judd remembers this from first hour like there were people on Twitter last night making jokes about this like, yeah it's that's like and, and it's just it's it's not it's not funny there's nothing funny about it and you you just you just hope that whatever's going on with everson Griffin that it you just hope for the best for him because this is serious stuff and a lot of times we we lose sight of it because you know like Phil like you said we just we just want our football we just you know we just want our football and if he can't play then whatever he can just go on and do whatever and get himself fixed or whatever and and we'll move on and we'll just we'll go on to the next week and play football now the vikings they they do have a game to play on thursday but you got to think for a lot of these players and these teammates who are going going to battle quote unquote with everson griffin every day in practice and every sunday you got to think this is on the back of their minds too, because this is their guy, this is their brother, so to speak, and it's just it's tough, man. The, the whole situation is just really tough. So here's a prime football mentality deal: the Sunday, so the Packer Viking game a week ago now. I saw a media tweet after warmups that said Everson Griffin and a Packer player just got into it, and Zimmer had to separate them. Everson's ready to battle. No, he's breaking down. Yeah, well, but, and, 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 they didn't know that. No, and the people that tweeted didn't. But my point is, that's that very fine line here. Yeah. That's that very fine line of, as you just said, being a warrior or being, you know, that's... Because when Griffin's crazy, sometimes fans are like, that's great. Yeah. That's Ev mm-hmm. being Ev. And the reality is, and what makes this a difficult discussion and nuanced and a fine line as well, is the fact that... Is that him being him? Is that him being a football player, or is this person as a human in trouble? Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 discuss more of this too, and sort of the, the what next. And I I got to think if we're looking for reasons why the team had such an abnormally weird loss against the Buffalo Bills, I would think that this being on your mind is I don't know. It's not one hundred percent of the reason why they lost to the Bills, but when you see one year guys. Going through something like that, and ESPN said though a lot of players and coaches didn't know about it. Interesting, they hadn't mm-hmm. learned until after the game. But they saw him behaving in different ways behind the scenes yeah. at practice, and I don't know. Maybe they didn't know the extent of it, but and then they and then the game starts and he's not on the sidelines. You know, I mean, we all knew he wasn't going to play because of the knee, but yeah. you, you know, typically if a guy's if a guy's out, I mean, he's still on the sidelines, and the fact that he mm-hmm. wasn't there, I mean, I mean, I wonder if they're thinking. Whoa! Wait a minute. A couple of things that we saw Everson do or say a few days ago, or a week ago, or two weeks ago, and now he's not even like on the sidelines, even though he's not playing. He's not on the sidelines. What's what's going on? Yeah, Trey, uh, Trey Wayne's also cleared something up. There was a rumor 
about something that happened with Everson Griffin this week, and Trey Waynes had a statement about it that he delivered earlier today. We can get into, I don't know if you guys did that in the 3 o'clock hour. We can get back into it either way. 651-646-8255. Open phone line. Studios. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Mackie and John. Ready! On 1500 ESPN. Quick look at your traffic, brought to you this time by the Better Business Bureau, 94 Westbound. Uh, five minutes extra of extra time added to your commute. Uh, that's due to a crash uh, between Hennepin County Road 81 and Boone Avenue near Brooklyn Park. So be on the lookout for that if you're headed uh, towards the western portion of the metro. Also, 94 Eastbound, uh, seven extra minutes to your commute if you're headed that way. That's due to a wreck. Um, in between Lexington and Western Avenue in St. Paul. Join Better Business Bureau at the Torch Awards for Ethics. BBB's Torch Award embodies Better Business Bureau's mission of advancing trust in the marketplace. 14 businesses will be honored at U.S. Bank Stadium October 24th. Purchase tickets at bbb.org slash Minnesota. Thank you, Manny. There's really no easy way to transition from what's happening with Everson Griffin to then dissecting, okay, now what for the Vikings as they look to deal with what's happening with Everson Griffin. Uh, But everything just sort of feels off early this season, whether it's the Griffin deal or cutting your kicker, you know, losing the way you did at home to the, to the Buffalo bills and then having a short, everything just feels, I'll give you the first one for the Vikings right now. Tony Sperano dying. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the one where you're like, Wow, that's it's just it's sometimes before a sports season something happens and you get a ominous feeling about it. He died and you're like, okay, because that's because there's no there's no way that if you're a coach or a player who who was close to him that you could just be like, okay, he's gone, right? Right. It affects you, and yeah. and and in fairness, that goes back to the conversation about this sport. We want to think that football players, above all athletes probably, are they're just so tough. They, But I'm sorry, a man dies. And Zimmer and Sprano were incredibly close. And I think that, that Mike still talks about the fact that, my God, he went to the hospital that week and they released him and then he died. That's not something that you're just like, but I'm fine. Like you can say you're fine, but you're not fine. No, you're not. And it's uh, the, the Hugh Jackson video from Hard Knocks is a great glimpse into... How football coaches treat the world, right? I think it was his mother and his brother. Yes, I think had passed away within like a week of each other, or something like, or two weeks of each other, or something yeah. like that. In, in passing, he he's like, oh yeah, he tells the coach's room, yeah, I had these two deaths in my family this week, and then it was like right back into watching film. His mom yeah. died that morning. Yeah, and he's like watching film. Is that inside zone? Know. Yeah, that's coming. But it is okay. This is going to sound really callous because now I'm breaking down Vikings football in the aftermath of what's happening with Everson Griffin, but. If one of their main ingredients for going a step further, getting to the Super Bowl, beating teams like the Rams and the Eagles was having the best defense in the NFL again, right? It's impossible to have the best defense in the NFL if Everson Griffin isn't part of it because he's one of the best he's one of the best pass rushers and defensive linemen in the league the last few years. Mm-hmm. So if you're if your stamp is, yeah, we're going to hit you with some offense, but this is the best defense in the NFL, especially when playing at US Bank Stadium. You can't say that if Everson Griffin's not on the field. Because yeah, he's one absolutely. of your best players, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thirteen sacks, mm-hmm. gone. But and the the thing that intrigues me about this too, that was brought up before, is if you're on that defense or a friend of of his, how quickly do you come back from 
just the thought of, of this entire thing. This And this is not, you know, if Griffin in week two blows his knee out, right? And you're his teammate, you're like, damn, that hurts our defense. But let's do this for Ev, and Ev's going to rehab and be around. But now he's just going to be gone. Mm-hmm. And and you also have to go back to, and, and when uh, Sprano died, I pointed this out, go and look at the ages of these players. They're mostly in their 20s. And if you're you're not used to dealing with death, and certainly you're, you're used to seeing teammates get hurt, right, Phil? But you're not used to seeing guys disappear or, or be hospitalized, mental health. And so these are all very, I, I think, for these players, they're things that aren't easily digested. No, and nor 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 will they be in the foreseeable right. future if if football is the way that football is. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Peter and Shakopee, you're on the show, Peter. Phil, good afternoon. I have a programming question first, and then a Griffith question. How come you don't start till four o'clock? Are, are you are you you know moonlighting another job or or what? And is it going to stay like this? Because I because I really think you add a lot to the sh- to the show. Thank yeah. you. I, I I I play solitaire for like eight hours in the no. Um, right. Yeah, we're 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 in major planning stages for some for some future things we're going to be able to announce later this football season, and I'm doing a lot of boring admin stuff behind the scenes. So I join these guys from four to six, and uh, I think they do an awesome job from from three until four, and hopefully people stick with us as we roll out more in the future. So is it going to stay that way, or is this just temporary? Is that what you're saying? We're we're we have changes to announce definitely before the end of the football season. Okay. The Griffith question is, you know, this guy was only taken in the fourth round, yet he was considered a, a top round talent. So there were issues when he was in college, so you can't be totally surprised by this, are you? I don't think anyone is thanks no. for the call, Peter. I don't think anyone's saying that we're totally shocked that Everson Griffin has some things going on upstairs. It's just a it's a really sad situation. Yeah. It's the the debate's not whether sad. it's shocking or not. It's right. just it's a it's it's he it, he looked like he had his life in a really good spot for about three or four years there because he had some stuff. There's a reason why he wasn't a first round draft pick, and he had those arrests where he was taking going to take a party bus too from to Las Vegas, LA to yeah, Las, Las Vegas. Vegas and, yeah, they told him not to. And Les and Leslie Frazier uh, was an early influence for him, but. He had it right for three or four years, and it's still and, disturbing. Of course, yeah. I, I defy I defy you to find the per- person who, if you see a police report like this, you say, "Yeah, you know what? Ah, that's not surprise." You know, yeah, he's had problems before. He has mental health issues, clearly, but that doesn't mean that when you sit down and read this police report or incident report, it doesn't bother you. Uh, Trey Wayne, p- part of the there are some rumors that came out the last couple of days about this. And one of them was that he broke into a teammate's house and was threatening The report harm. says that. Okay. Yeah, yes. It's in the Instagram. So report. apparently that was Trey Wayne's house. Yes. Because Trey Wayne's was- issued a statement today. Yep. And he said, to clarify, there was no attempted break-in at our home. And at no point did my family or I feel unsafe. We are friends with the Griffin family and we are here to support them in any way possible during these trying times. Yep. The incident report simply says that, that Trey Wayne's fiance called Griffin's wife, though. Yeah. So she didn't call the cops. And, and then the officer that wrote this up described it as a break-in, but he didn't... It's not It's not like he was called to arrest Griffin at that point. Yeah, so I don't know if this is apples to apples comparison, but imagine if one of your close co-workers went off the rails and showed up at your house and, and was acting erratically at work for several weeks and... 
And now you got to go and perform, even if it's against, a, in this case, a bad football team. Like You're going to be rattled. You're not going to have 100% focus on your job, I wouldn't think. You'd have to be a robot to not be at least somewhat distracted. So it does, it does help provide some answers for what happened on Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium. So we'll, we'll get more into this. Matthew Collar is going to join us from Los Angeles at 5 o'clock. So we'll have more in the football hour. Uh, we'll wrap with Roycey later on, too. But there are even more developments in the Jimmy Butler-Tom Thibodeau saga. We got to get into these when we come back. As the wolves turn, or all my Timberwolves, I don't know what the hell the soap opera's called, but we'll dive it's something. Dive back into it next. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder, this station does not endorse this. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On 1500 ESPN. Is Jimmy leaving? Can Tibbs let him go? These are the days of our wolves. We're looking to add wings. Wow, bravo. Way Manny to go, Hill. Manny Hill. Bravo. Such Thank good pipes. Guys. That was awesome. You, have, you, have you dabbled in TV production, uh, daily soap opera production? Is I have past? dabbled in TV production, just not soap opera stuff like yeah, this. Yeah. Well, now, you, now you have. Now you can. Now I've what, got that under my belt. What are we calling the soap opera? Days of our Timberwolves? Days of our Wolves. All my, all my wolves. I used to, I was, I, a bunch of my college friends watched Days of Our Lives. It was like a super popular show. 15, 20 years ago among college kids for some reason. Mm-hmm. But I got into uh, All My Children one summer when I was well, my in grandma like elementary loved school. She loved that show. Yeah, I'd w- watch it with her I, every weekday at noon during summer vacation. I'll admit, I dabbled in Young and the Restless when I was like probably like 10. I did wow. that my one too. Doing when we were on Victor. summer vacation. Yeah. Victor's great. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Victor Newman, yeah. Wow. Wow. We, uh, let's, let's burn the last two minutes of tapes. Right. <laughs> Uh, so the latest here, I'm getting the Johnny K is reporting this and also Star Tribune and StarTribune.com reporting that. I'm just going to read. This is the latest from, from Chris Hine at StarTribune.com. As the team practiced for the first time Tuesday, Timberwolves coach and president of basketball operations, for now anyways, Tom Thibodeau reiterated he and GM Scott Layden are working to honor the trade request Jimmy Butler made last week. But conflicting information has surfaced regarding the Wolves' willingness to deal Butler, a source told the Star Tribune. Oh. Tom Thibodeau said... <laughs> Wonder who it is. Tom Thibodeau, <laughs> Tom Thibodeau said many times during Media Day Monday that the team is searching for the best deal possible for Butler. Tibbs met with Butler on Monday to try to convince him to stay again. This is the second time in a week that Tibbs has begged Butler to stay. That's what Woj spoke, yes. But Butler remains steadfast in his desire to leave, according (laughs) to a report from ESPN. Um, A source said Tom Thibodeau and Layden have been reluctant to make quick progress on trade talks involving Butler. Teams have lobbied owner Glenn Taylor, who also owns the Star Tribune. they got to throw that in there. In an attempt to facilitate a deal, according to the ESPN report, the report did say GM Scott Layden, who's handling trade calls, has moved on to asking asking for stars, starters, and draft picks in exchange for Butler. But a source said Taylor has been in regular contact with Butler's camp as well, assuring them that the team is working toward completing a deal. So is it that Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layden are laying in the weeds here trying to trying to coax better deals out of teams, or is it that they're being... Insubordinates. In, insubordinate. Insubordinate. Okay. Insubordinate. I am 1,000% d- 
down the line of they are they are going to drag their feet as best as possible, and unless Glenn fires them, they are going to do everything they can. If Jimmy holds out to start the, the season, I think these guys would be fine with that as long as he's still on the organizational roster. Well, what good does that do? Then? It doesn't. If you're Tom Thibodeau, it doesn't. And you ever want to work in the NBA as a coach or or, or a position of influence ever again? Or you're Scott Layden's even on thinner ice, right? Because Scott Layden has this. New York Knicks thing on his resume from about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. If you're Scott Layden, shouldn't you be looking to pull off a, a heist of a trade here to show the world, if not show Glenn Taylor, show the world, hey, I got chops yeah. over here, right? Well, if I'm Layden, I sever myself from Tibbs immediately, and I go to Glenn and say, what do you want from me? And think about this, too. If you're if you're the Wolves and you trade Jimmy Butler away and you get the right return for him and you somehow make the playoffs this year, that's just going to look good in terms of you, if you want to keep your job, that's just going to look good for you anyway. So why not? I mean, why why are you trying to salvage something that is not salvageable at all? Because it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't, but, that, but that's the key thing. This runs so deep, I think, and Tibbs is so enamored with Jimmy. I think this, I think it should, if it made sense to you or me, it'd be frightening. How much of it is ego, too? Oh, that just plenty of it. But this is a rela- this is a relationship that Tibbs is invested in, and yeah. he can't let go. And I think it's that simple. And that sounds goofy, but I think it's that simple. And so if we if we were to say, you know, I do, I sort of get this, it would scare me to say that. But Tom Thibodeau, this is where I get hung up. The timing of this is really tough because if this happened three or four months ago, as it you should could, have, right? <laughs> you could ensure that Tom Thibodeau isn't the one handling it because as, as as soon as as soon as Jimmy Butler says, "I want out of this thing." He essentially pulled all credibility off the table for Tom Thibodeau because Tom Thibodeau's entire plan revolves around Jimmy Butler being the centerpiece, him being the locker room culture guy and the leader, and then surrounding him with bulls from five years ago, right? Yeah. Okay, well, you can still have your bulls from five years ago, it's, but it's like the other singers in that Destiny's Child group. Like, you're taking Beyonce out. No one, like these guys, these other singers don't matter anymore. Luol mm-hmm. Deng doesn't matter anymore if. This isn't a Jimmy Butler cultured team or a Tom Thibodeau cultured team. And so Jimmy Butler saying, I want out, takes away all credibility from Tom Thibodeau in the locker room and as a decision maker. His vision blew up after 12 months. And the he o- should not be the one making the decision on the, the pieces coming back for the new vision. And the I- only guy being upfront about this and the toll it's going to take, it's one guy, Taj Gibson. Go look at his quotes. Yeah. He's yeah. basically saying, this is a huge blow. And I think the, the quote I saw was, Tibbs told Taj, we've been through things like this before, right, Taj? Wink, wink. And Taj's like, we have. No, we haven't. We've never been through our star player or our star veteran player, who we all love, if you're Dang or Gibson or Derek Rose, saying, see you guys later. I'm gone. I just like that Phil used a Beyonce Destiny's Child <laughs> reference to compare this. This is that's fantastic. Like who are the other two the randos? Well, because right? remember they had the they had the Kelly Rowan was two, one of them. Yeah, they had the two original <laughs> members that they kicked out and left right. the group on tour, and then they <laughs> brought in two more, and then one of them one of them left. So it's and, applicable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very applicable. And as Jimmy yeah. Butler is saying, if you liked it, you should have put a ring on it earlier this summer. Very a well max played. contract, very right? well played. Judge might no, Judge might leave. Yeah, the, Judge, the Judge, Judge that caller's going to be happy. I'm about to duck out of the show. <laughs> Could, let me Ted pose, or whatever his name was. Let me pose this to you guys, okay? 
47 wins is not a very high bar to clear in the NBA. I know it's a huge high bar to clear for the Timberwolves because they rarely get <laughs> they rarely get a whiff of the playoffs. But 47 wins, especially with Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler on your team, that's not an impressive win total to me. Almost any coach could have come in and taken that group of veterans and good, solid glue players like Taj Gibson and Jeff Teague and two-star top 15, top 20 players and brought them to 45, 47, 48 wins, right? Especially when you consider the games against bad teams, yeah. particularly in the Eastern Conference the that they kicked away yeah. and the two losses that they had against Phoenix that were just unacceptable. So could I make a case, and this is all hypothetical and because Glenn, Glenn Taylor has not proven that he can hire this yet, but if you had the right coach to pair with Carl Anthony Towns, build a team... So Jimmy Butler gets traded, and you bring in a couple pieces, a draft pick and a couple pieces that aren't as good as Jimmy Butler, but you put that together with a system that works better in today's NBA with Carl Anthony Towns as well, a coach that connects better with an entire roster and gets that roster to gel and go in the same direction. Because you watched games last year, and they were just... They were winning games based off sheer talent. It mm-hmm. was Jamal Crawford going off in the fourth quarter, and it was Jimmy Butler playing hero ball. And it looked miserable. Nobody was having fun. But if you took that Utah Jazz, where it's like there's really no superstars, they've got some good players, and you take that and you layer it on top of Carl Anthony Towns and the Timberwolves yeah. with a coach like Quinn Snyder or pick your coach, right? Mike D'Antoni and a good system. 47 wins isn't that high of a bar to clear. Well, remember, Judd, when I came in with you and Collar on Saturday Sports Talk back in the summer, remember I said they need somebody on the roster that who's a pretty good player or a role player, whatever, that can be sort of a filter between Jimmy Butler's, you guys need to work as hard as I do, you guys are soft, you need to be like me, and... Carl Anthony Towns' sort of youth and, you know, inexperience. Yeah. yeah. To, they need somebody to sort of filter between that. And I said, what I said? I said Donovan Mitchell. Yep. Now, they're not going to get Donovan Mitchell. Like, there's just no chance of that happening. But they need, like, remember when Donovan Mitchell was, when they drafted Grayson Allen, and uh, I, think it's, I think it was Maria Taylor that was interviewing Grayson Allen, and Donovan Mitchell just comes over like in the middle of the interview and he's shaking hands and he's high-fiving with Grayson Allen. He's giving him a big hug. He's like, yeah, man, we're going to do this. Like, welcome aboard. Like, this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Like, they need somebody like that. Even if it's just a role player. But they I th- need somebody like that. But they I think, needed somebody like that this past Yeah, like season. Andrew Wiggins. Now, a guy like Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> just a great... I think now, though, that has to start with one place, the coach. Yeah. Like, you can't have Tibbs being miserable, screaming and yelling and thinking that it's 1994. You need to start with, I th- because I thought Butler would, would be that conduit type of guy, and it completely blew up. Mm-hmm. So I've now come around to realize, and I don't know if Glenn can do this eventually or not, but somebody for this godforsaken franchise needs to hire a chief executive who has the sense to say, to identify, I don't even care if it's a coach I've never heard of in my life, but a good young coach probably who can connect with young players who can then start to build that. Look at, look and at- then you add those people around you. Look at the goal. Now, the Warriors are in some ways an unfair comparison because they've won three of the last four and they've got four of the top probably 20 players in the league. Well, I guess five now if you count Boogie Cousins. 
but just look at the way that they go about their business. Mm-hmm. Like it's more for them. It's more than just having five of the top 20 players in the league. They, you know, Draymond Green is a different kind of personality than Steph Curry. Steph is kind of cool and he's laid back mm-hmm. and, you know, and Draymond Green is get in your face, agitate you, grind it out. Second round pick that everybody said was too short, too small to play. So Draymond Green had to work his butt off to get to where he's at. Steph Curry was highly regarded coming out of Davidson even. It it worked. It worked because Steve Kerr has the ability to get those two different personalities to mesh well. Yes, and I and I the, the Warriors it's it's hard to use the Warriors because it's right. hard to get past the five, like four or five of the best Absolutely. players in the NBA. The Jazz and the Celtics are two incredible examples. Yes. The Celtics, because and, yes, and even think like so. Celtics are more talented too. But if you but they had Kyrie Irving go out with with surgery the last couple months of the season, and Gordon Hayward missed the whole year, and so they're out there with the same type of 21, 23 year old dudes, the yep. Jalen Browns and the Jason Tatum. Jason Those Taylor. guys aren't any different Karen than Rozier. Yep. And, and you know, I, I think there's much more of an attitude with some of those players in terms of their willingness to go in and do what's necessary on the court than what Andrew Wiggins has shown. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the way that those teams have modern offenses and defenses, modern set plays out of timeouts, inbounds plays, yep. the way that they play with joy and sharing the basketball and they and they and they empower their young players. They're not those coaches. Brad Stevens and Quinn Snyder aren't sitting there telling their young players like Donovan Mitchell and and uh, Jason Tatum, "Hey, listen, know your role. You, you, you fo- follow the, the." I mean, it's 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 a much more democratic approach to coaching and than what you're getting here. Young but there's no too. there's no reason why if you're the Wolves, there is zero reason why you can't look at Boston and identify that. And say let's be that. Danny Ainge is marvelous. But when Brad Stevens got that job, we all said, "Oh, whoa, hold on a second. That's interesting. I I don't know if it works." Yeah, from Butler yeah. from Butler to right. a I thought, but I thought he right. was crazy for where they were at at that time. Right. I thought he was crazy but for my, taking that job. But my point is, be good enough to be like that. Yeah, have the competence to be like that. Yeah, think about this, Danny Ainge. I don't know how much help he had for maybe Corn Ferry found uh, Brad Stevens. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he had a a search team, but. Danny Ainge and his ability to play the asset collection game to find a guy and take a risk on a guy like Brad Stevens. And then you look at what's happening over here. The Wolves light assets on fire left and right, trading first round picks for Adrian Payne, uh, giving away four first round picks because they needed Joe Smith signed under the table and then needing a search firm to lead them to Tom Thibodeau, like whatever. If you're going to hire Tom Thibodeau, you don't need a search firm to lead you to Tom Thibodeau, right? He's a search firm for David Kahn, too. Well, they used David Stern. David Stern, oh, David Stern. recommended okay. him to yeah. Glenn Taylor as a bright young executive he knew. <laughs> he soon resigned oh, as NBA God. commissioner after that, Manny Hill. Yeah. The football hour is coming up in about 15 minutes, and we will check in with Matthew Collar from Los Angeles. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. With a look at your traffic now, it's uh, 11 minutes in front of 5 o'clock here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. 35W northbound, we have a crash between 46th and 36th uh, Street near in uh, or in Minneapolis, so be on the lookout for that, adding about five minutes to your commute if you're headed northbound on W. Uh, also, 494 westbound, a crash, uh, adding a few minutes to your commute there. That's between Penn and Xerxes uh, in Richfield, so be on the lookout for that. 
you know, and it's not unusual. This has happened before, and, and not just our team. It won't be the last person that requests a trade. And we've had players here in, since I've been here uh, that have requested trades. And so if, if something makes sense and can make your team better, it's always about until you win it, you've got to keep looking at how you can improve. Here's the dumbest argument that I keep hearing from just, it's I don't know, it's not an argument, it's a question, I guess, that people pose. Well, what? It's a five-year contract for Tom Thibodeau, and you you owe him twenty-four million dollars over the next three years. Well, what are you supposed to do? All right, six okay, months so, ago, yeah, I would have agreed with that, but well, now I think it's well. In let me throw this now. out. So I opened my refrigerator after being gone for uh, being in Phoenix a couple weeks ago for five days, and you know some of the groceries that I purchased from the weekend before, like I spent fifty bucks on those groceries. And I didn't do any. I didn't do any. I didn't eat. There was forty dollars worth of groceries in the refrigerator, past their expiration date. <laughs> you know, some of the some of the fruits and veggies were looking a little little soggy. Well, you already spent forty bucks on the groceries. What are you supposed to do? I don't care. They're sp- I'm not going to eat them. They're spoiled. There's mold. I'm going to go them. get. I'm going to go get new food. Right? <laughs> like you can't use Tom Thibodeau not for Glenn. the duration of no. that contract. Not Glenn. He's a spoiled piece of. He's a spoiled head of lettuce. But no, he'd be more like a spoiled. He'd be like a. Some sort of like red meat that's been festering in the back of your fridge and just <laughs> smells just yelling moldy. It, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cook me, but you can't. Like, Cook me. I don't care if he's owed twenty four million dollars. Yeah. You can't employ him for the next three years based on what's happened. But if he is, if he is indeed refusing to trade Butler, which by all accounts it looks like, right? It's insubordination. I'd fire him with cause. I'd contest it. I'd contest the damn thing. I'd say, Tom, you're not doing. I told you to trade this guy. In fact, I'd give him a deadline. I'd give him three p.m. tomorrow. But and if see, Jimmy Butler's not traded, I, I would say you're fired with cause. Come get your money. But then you're going to get a bad trade. So you should fire you should fire him before he trades well, Jimmy Butler. Well, that's fine. But he is he is doing this on purpose because he doesn't want to trade Butler. Because if nothing else, he's completely thinking of this franchise as, I've got to win now as head coach. The president of basketball operations thing is out the window. The, the other problem, too, though, this goes back to the fact that this – Whatever has been going on was not taken care of or discussed or talked about three months ago. When when free agency started, before the draft, when, I mean, the fact that they just dragged their feet through this whole summer, this whole offseason, without even thinking, of, like, did they even think about addressing this? Did anybody? No. I mean, we, we heard so much about Tibbs talks to Jimmy all the time and... How did this not? It's denial. So how did this not come up I think, in June? But the, the, so that question was answered with the if the reports are true, and I'm going to assume that they are from what happened yesterday. So it was made very clear when Tom Thibodeau flew to Los Angeles last week, and Jimmy Butler and Jimmy Butler's agent said, "We don't want to play for the Timberwolves anymore. We're going to sign somewhere else. Trade us before the season. We're not going to show up to practice. Like it's over." The relationship between us and the Timberwolves is over. And his response to that, Tom Thibodeau's, wasn't, yeah, you know, if I'm if I'm reflecting, if I'm reflecting properly, the things haven't gone well, and I totally understand your point here, and we'll 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 make this right for you. We'll find a home. It was to go back to Jimmy Butler yesterday and basically beg him, according to reports, beg him 
to come to training camp and to try and ride this thing out through preseason. They're like, no, we can still make this work. Yeah. Right? Yes. Not, so at no point has his brain, whether it was earlier this summer or this week, at no point is he allowing his brain to go to that next level of, all right, now we need to look out for what's best for the organization and build around the guy who matters, which is Carl Anthony Towns. I think it's very safe to say that right now the the truth is that there is nobody running the basketball operation. Mm. It's people trying to serve their own interest right, right now. And and in Glenn's case, God bless him. He's misguided a lot, but he's right because he he's looking at Cat and saying we got to take care of this guy. But Layden is doing Tibbs' work, which I really don't get. If I'm Layden, I peel off and say, "See you, Tom. Bye." I either quit or or go to Glenn and say, "I'll do the trade myself." But the Tibbs thing has nothing to do with doing his job. You, who do you okay? Who do you trust knowing knowing Tom Thibodeau's agenda? And knowing how big of a bumbling idiot owner Glenn Taylor has been in the NBA, who do you trust if it came down to one of those guys on the phone swinging the best deal for Jimmy Butler? Like which one? Which which one would you trust right now? I told you before, contraction. <laughs> I'll call Seattle, the hey, Seattle's yeah. got a new arena. Here, okay, I, they just they uh, just po- they just posted a new arena. This idea got got run past me last week. I love it. Let's take the Wolves, give them to Seattle. And take the expansion National Hockey League team Seattle's about to get, put them in downtown, so we've got the rivalry between the Wild and the National Hockey League team at Target Center. And twice, so we have two teams uh, twice as good of a chance to try and get that first Stanley Cup. We can get Cup. that Stanley Cup. <laughs> I don't care who wins it. Dude. A race to the Cup. Dude, it would make me so mad if Glenn Taylor's in, because this is a basketball town. People love yeah. basketball in the Twin Cities. <laughs> And if Glenn Taylor's incompetence somehow led to the Timberwolves not being here anymore in five or ten years, I know there's a lot of anti-Wolves people that would say, thank God, get him out of here, send him to Seattle. It would devastate me. Oh, and it feels me, like it might be headed in yeah. that direction at some point. You guys <laughs> might leave. I mean, I'd be left alone on the show, is... and th- that caller would be very upset about that. <laughs> well, I really don't enjoy hey, your monologuing hey, for Hubbard's, three hours. Hubbard's got stations in Seattle. Let's I know, do it. Yeah, I know they do. And Seattle's a great town, by the way, too. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it, it, it really is amazing. Like, here we are going into season 30 for this franchise. And it, I'll go back to my <laughs> guy, Roycey, what he said. It was so perfect. Even when they make the right move, it's the wrong move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. You just, I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. And and I don't know. I mean, the, the, the thing of it is, is how you, you got towns locked up. Okay. It's so like this. So it's, it's it's so simple. The whole the whole the resolution of this is so simple. And and it's like everybody's just sort of dragging their feet, and they're just like, well, well, we think Jimmy needs to do this, and we want to try and keep him around. And no, no. Go, get, go get Kyle Kuzma and put him. Yeah, yes, like you should be engaging if he wants out. He is which. Look, I mean, in some ways, kudos to Jimmy Butler for coming out right now and saying, look, I'm not resigning here. Yeah. Instead of playing out this season and then just saying, hey, see you later. By the way. He's giving them an opportunity to give to get something for him. The Pacers got better after they traded Paul George. Yeah. The, the Denver Nuggets, actually, if you look at the pieces the Denver Nuggets got for Carmelo Anthony and, and uh, uh, cheap plug Doogie has George, George Carl on his podcast. They're taping right now down the hallway. George Carl was the coach of the Nuggets when... Carmelo Anthony demanded the same trade with a year left in his contract. Mm-hmm. They got Gallinari. They got a bunch of pieces. Uh, I think they did. They get the pick that led to Jamal Murray. But it, there was competence there. 
That's the difference. And, and who, think, who's, think, who's the competent one at Target Center who's going to swing this deal? And think about this. Everybody, when, when Oklahoma City made the trade for Paul George, there was some criticism because it was like, well, he's not going to resign there. He's not going to, you know, he's going to go to the Lakers or whatever. He ended up resigning with them. But what people were also saying was they were praising Sam Presti for getting, for getting rid of Victor Oladipo because Victor Oladipo, ah, he's not that good. And they signed him to that big contract and he's not playing that well. Look at what happened with him where he went to Indiana. Yeah. Fit, he was an all-star. Coaching, system, exactly. all those things matter for sure. All right, let's come back. The football hour coming up here in just a couple minutes. Let's check bad in. news. Bad football news? The offensive line for the Vikings on Thursday oh, might, might be more Swiss cheese than what we saw on Sunday. Oh, boy. All right, we'll talk to Matthew Collar from Los Angeles about it. Don't go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.